This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. Today we are talking about Cocktail, the 1988 movie, which is supposedly Tom Cruise's worst movie, which I don't know if I believe is true, but also, is that like being Michelle Obama's weaker arm? (laughs) I mean, all of Tom Cruise's pre-2000 movies are great, so it's like the worst Tom Cruise movie? Is that a big deal? This is what I was going to say. I mean, maybe his later movies, like you said, once you say pre-2000... They're all good. They are. I mean, he definitely made ones after that that I could take or leave. But And also, I'm not sure it's the worst. But I don't know. In that I group, agree. it could be just because you're right. They're all so good. It's true. All right. Well, we'll talk about that much later. But first, we want to set up this episode because Cocktail is written by Haywood Gould okay. and has no women involved. But as you know, I'm a big fan of the rewatchables. Right. There's not a lot of overlap generally between what they're doing and what we're doing. Their movies aren't written or directed by women. They don't feature women. They're movies for a certain demographic. Yeah. But every once in a while, they pick a movie that we love. Yeah. This happened with Boomerang. And now, again, for Cocktail, we listened to them for almost two hours. I don't have anything to disagree with. And yet I have so much more to say say, right exactly they neglected so many of the things that women love or hate or focus on so that's what we're doing today i'm calling it a rewatchables cocktail companion guide how about that there you go from i like that from the female gaze our our point of view and like you said i thought their episode was great i really did but there will be no nba references we were just no you know and we're going to talk a little bit more about the women in this because there's lots of them and they aren't all the same even though that's they kind of thought (laughs) they they were (laughs) they did exactly no no they're not and in fact their similarities are what let you see how different they are. So let's talk about these complicated women. There's Coral, played by Gina Gershon. Mm-hmm. There's Bonnie, played by Lisa Baines. Carrie Coughlin, played by Kelly Lynch. And Jordan Mooney, of course, our star, played by the incredible Elizabeth Shue. Love her. I do too. This was like Very fresh off Karate Kid. Coral, okay, his first love interest. Yes. She's a photographer for Rolling Stone. Yeah. uh, Boss there. Mm -hmm. She owns a brownstone on the Upper East Side. It's unclear how, but I hope by her own volition, but whatever. And she is sexually liberated enough to ask for multiple orgasms right up front. (laughs) I mean... She ordered that at the bar. That's right. Can you do that, by the way? Because that sounds like... (laughs) Maybe when Tom Cruise is your bartender. I was just going to say... Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she wants and goes for it. Unapologetically. Mm -hmm. And then we have Bonnie, who's the older woman who picks up Brian in Jamaica. She is a star on the New York City social scene and in business, though, of what is very unclear. We don't know, but I just wrote 
boss lady. I wrote runs a company. I don't know what the company is, but clearly he says it's your company. You can do whatever you want. She's also, uh, you know, gets an A plus in aerobics. That workout scene, a lot so (laughs) 80s. Okay, it is so 80s, but it also feels very relevant. Oh, working out at home, I'm thinking of like the beach body phase that happened, now Peloton. You mean all the phases I do? Yes. Yeah. No. Oh, it's not just you. No, I know. But a hundred percent. The only eighties part, of course, is her like leotard. Her outfit. Yes. No. Agreed. I mean, think about the scene in Dead to Me when Jen is on her Peloton like a lunatic. Uh-huh. The at home this in is, front of a TV. This is still happening. Right, but it was not happening for a long time, and then all of a sudden it's kind of back in, yes, in vogue. Yes, particularly with the and pandemic. Even, <laughs> right, but even pre-pandemic. Yeah. And then she's ordering up some fresh juice. I mean, Carrot juice. This is very, mm-hmm. yeah, this is very 2020 as well. Yeah. Like, Get yourself some yourself carrot juice. Or a smoothie. Mm-hmm. And then Carrie, who is the most one-dimensional of the women, but she's got that line when she's trying to seduce Brian and she's like screaming at him as he's leaving and she's like what am I supposed to do stay with one (laughs) man for the rest of my life so I'm thinking she's ahead of her time she's like a young Esther Perel (laughs) she's gonna talk about consensual non-monogamy in 2020 that's amazing I can wait but how about his answer yeah that's called marriage (laughs) yes he is not very very 2020 exactly I can't believe you just called her Esther Perel that's amazing i i see that this this is where she's going yes, with this she's thinking open and, marriage um, all right and there's of course jordan mooney what do we say about her i mean she's everything she's smart she's funny she's independent she likes beer oh i love that with the order you yeah. know i don't order beer but i love that she did and she was like no 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 don't try to woo me with your frou-frou drink. Yeah. Give me a beer. I'll have a beer. Yeah, she's she, she she's talented. She's artistic. Mm-hmm. She was yes. trying to sort of make it on her own, in her own way, not with the help yeah. of parents. I thought by Coughlin's definition, she is both a worker and a hustler, she right? Is. She She's paying at least some of her own bills. She's waitressing. She maybe doesn't have to do that, but she feels that she does. And then she also dreams of creative success as an artist, She's painting, drawing, and she feels confident that they will someday pay the bills, but even if they're not. She also goes toes with Coglin, which I love. Yeah. She doesn't take his shit. Mm-hmm. She sees through him, mm-hmm. which is something Brian doesn't do. seem to do. Mm-hmm. Right from yeah. the jump, she sees this. When he sits down next to her at the bar, she's looking at him like, who is this asshole that is so full of shit right now and is totally. giving you shit? Like, she's looking at, at Flanagan like, yeah. well, are you just like going to, why are you, why are you listening this? to this guy? This dope, mm-hmm. oh, which is probably the fundamental question of this movie. But... <laughs> Why is anyone listening to Coughlin's Laws? Although a few yeah. of them I don't disagree with, but but they're few and yeah. far between. They are few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> it's more his delivery than, yes. than the actual substance. It's the accent. Yes, totally. You can pull anything off like that. So you and I were also discussing how if the rewatchables, if they see one woman, they see a... A rich chick. But how that still subverts gender stereotypes, especially of the 80s, right? Oh, completely. That's what I was saying to you the other day. I thought, yeah. oh my God, yeah. normally in in 
movies and TV shows, it's that the women are looking for, are the gold diggers looking for like a rich older man. But here, the entire point is for these guys to bag older wealthy women to set them up for life. Essentially a sugar daddy. Yes. For them. Which completely subverts the trope. And it's not just like one off. I mean, literally every one of these women (laughs) is wealthy, Mm -hmm. but like we were talking about, but they're not the same. I mean, like Coral, we from what we know, we probably know the least about her, but we think made her money on her own. Bonnie clearly did. I mean, Mm -hmm. she got there off her own hard work and talent. Carrie comes from money, sort of inherited. And then Jordan's the mixture of both. I mean, she is a quote-unquote rich girl, but she hides it, and she's trying to make it affirmatively on her own without their help. Those are different attitudes towards money. It's not just where it came from, but it's also what you want to do for yourself with it. So yeah, they're all rich chicks, but very different nuance. And it also just affects how they are in the world. Are you still struggling to prove yourself? Or are you just sitting back and, you know, riding the coattails of your father? And those are very different people. And to see like the hot Tom Cruise acting as a boy Mm -hmm. toy during his scenes with Bonnie, right? Fetch me the carrot juice, you know, at at Mm -hmm. the art gallery event where she like basically is like, I take my coat. That is typically something you see women playing in these Yes, back to Bonnie. This is a pattern for her Uh because the artist says, oh, you haven't gotten this one healed yet. (laughs) Yeah, or trained. Heal boy. So from the women's point of view, this movie is well ahead of its time. Absolutely. And we'll... And we'll talk about maybe why that has gotten missed in the critical assessment later in our takeaways. But do we want to talk about some scenes? Sure. All their bartending scenes. I mean, the addicted to love Mm -hmm. scene where they really start with their, you know, flair bartending, the whole flipping the bottles and everything. But, but. The two of them, that's just leading up into that when before they even get to the cell block. I just love all of those scenes. I mean, where yes. they really hit their stride and doing yes. their thing and the addicted to love. Oh, God. Well, you see Brian Flanagan's whole arc in those bartending scenes. There's the one before that he's totally screwing everything up. Mm-hmm. He's getting hit in the yeah, head the and he doesn't know what a Cuba Libra is <laughs> and... Uh, And they have some sort of bartender dictionary behind the bar. And then you addicted to love. He's finally got his groove. And then by hippie, hippie shake, they're the the biggest thing. And then we we come to this moment. But all of my best scenes really involve or evolve into the women, the scenes with the women, Mm -hmm. because those are just to me the best moments. They're also very closely tied to me with the cringiest moments, which is something that we've talked about. I think mm-hmm. we talk, probably talked about a lot in Normal People, but the really good TV shows, books, movies seem to turn on a dime. Yeah. And this to me goes from cringy to best because cringy is, first of all, that the guy that has the hottest club in New York City <laughs> is at a TGI Fridays coming, I guess, to what? Scout Brian and Doug? I guess that's what's the theme, the idea behind it. But Whatever. And he's like, you got to come work for me. They're at the, the pinnacle, the, this cell block, this club that's clearly downtown somewhere. Can I just ask meet. before you get to the cell yeah. block, well, you've watched this yeah. movie more times than me. I did not notice no. until this time that they were yeah. actually at a TGI Fridays. 
that is so no. strange to me that these no. like why a TGI Fridays it, as he said it's the Upper East Side of Manhattan like it's like the pinnacle yeah. for bars like you could have picked any right. like neighborhood bar I think two things I think it served two purposes I think they wanted to be relatable to everyone in the country okay. like why doesn't my TGI Fridays have <laughs> these guys right like I have a TGI Fridays I'm gonna go to my TGI Fridays are they doing this there okay and then I think also more importantly probably is it it had to be the thing that sparked his idea which is the whole movie just really fails on a plot level yeah. in this of like because what he his dream right. his cocktails and dreams was to franchise in every bars. suburban mall across <laughs> shopping yeah. mall yes mm-hmm. yeah bad idea so by the way. just not a right good business but i think <laughs> right but i think it had to come from this idea of where he started which was a tgi fridays which is a franchise okay so we don't everywhere. think that tgi fridays just paid a lot for like a product placement i mean <laughs> uh, very totally but I do think it served a few purposes. They get themselves out of the TGI Fridays and to the cell block, which is very cool. But it's so incredibly cringy. First of all, this guy walks up the stairs with a briefcase (laughs) in a suit (laughs) and he says he's the first yuppie poet. And the whole audience apparently goes quiet for this because they really want to hear it. And because that would happen in a club. Definitely. That's what I'm saying. And then when he's done, they want more in unison, start chanting poems, poems, poems. Like, I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And is this the lamest bar in the entire world? But the cringe is what brings us to the best part, which is because if this entire club needs a poem, Tom Cruise will deliver for them. Yes. He looked at the the yuppie poet and was like, step aside. Let me show you how this is done. Yes. And then he gets on the bar and he says he is the last barman poet. Mm -hmm. And he delivers this incredible poem. America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze, the orgasm, the death spasm, the Singapore sling, the ding-a-ling. America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? I don't know why I love it so much. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Of course But it's it is. so good. 
all the women are just swooning, touching him. Coral is making goo-goo eyes. I mean... But the way he emphasizes certain things. I mean, he <laughs> he acts the hell out of this particular he scene. He this acts the hell out of this. is where his over-the-top, sort of like Tom insane Tom Cruise-ness yes. serves him so well. In this. He's like the Alabama so. slammer. I mean, he just puts himself, you know... The vein is popping out of his neck. Yeah, he hurls himself into this, into this. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And so you can't not give him some cred there. But I will say, for me, I don't know how well the scene would have stood up if it wasn't for Gina Gershon swooping in, asking for her her multiple orgasms, taking a picture of him saying she works at Rolling Stone and then they're and her brownstone together having sex. This is, I love the version of All Shook Up they're listening to or that's playing. Love it. And they just have this chemistry. They give into it. She likes him. He likes her. They don't resist it. I just love physicality. physicality. All right. I got gotcha. you. And like, obviously, I mean, their clothes are all over the place and he stays for a long time. He leaves and he says he's, like in love with her mm-hmm. or falling for her. I'm guessing they probably talked a lot. There's like, I see this whole amazing <laughs> night having having happened. And I love that. That's a big part of the exper- why I the think whole this night. is such yeah. a great scene. Yeah. And her wrapped and- in the sheets when he's leaving. Yes. I also never, yes. that's in so many movies and TV shows. I'm just like, do people really do that either? Like, I, yes. I don't know. That I don't know I, about. It's like, that why I- are you holding the sheets? I mean, I understand by the end, she yeah. can't stand on her front stoop wearing nothing but yeah. the whole but just throw on a sweatshirt exactly throw i on a never understand sweatshirt? that you took all, no. your entire top sheet off and like wrapped no. it like a toga but no. whatever no. but then you see him walk away and he does that where he jumps in the air and like fist pounds yes. and again remember the tom cruise on the couch with oprah i was like there it is yes. right there he was not acting <laughs> this is how he feels about being in love mm-hmm. fist pump jump in the air like and by the way, call back to Lady Bird when Lady Bird does that in the street too. <gasps> I This is how I am. This is how I feel about love personally. So these moments ring very true to me. Right. The the physicality, the excite like the way the whole thing of falling in love just takes over your body and you jump up and down in the middle of the street and all these things. So oh I relate to this. Him and um Jordan falling in love yes. montage yes. in Jamaica. That one is like yes. my and if I cheated a little, kind of, I really put together the cringy and then a best and then two scenes together. If I cheated a little for that one, I'm completely cheating for this next one because it's like 12 scenes. Is it Jamaica? Yes. Yeah. My, it, me yeah. too. I just, it's all big one big thing. <laughs> but by the way, it's like 12 minutes. I, a hundred I minute thought movie. I read that in a hundred and two-minute movie Jamaica is only 23 minutes but this part oh, which is, yeah. uh, I'm calling my second favorite scene is like 10 or 12 continuous mini- yep. minutes depending on where you start it to me I-, I think it starts when Coglin sits down yes yes and we see Jordan as we've already discussed seeing through him right away mm-hmm. and also looking at like you said looking at Brian like why are you falling for this shit mm-hmm. like you've got to be kidding me now it's not Elizabeth Shue's best acting. <laughs> no. I don't. I mean, they gave her some one-liners and she really sold them, but they were just so that Doug could keep mansplaining and that they could keep having their 
dysfunctional exactly. relationship conversation. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so she shouldn't even be in there. But the way she makes her one liner shine is a testament to how good she is and how complex this character really is. On paper, it might have been just like, well, I doubt that. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, I doubt that, yes, dickhead. Exactly. You know, the context <laughs> she, is like, you fucking kidding me? Exactly. Asshole. But she just leaves those yes. parts out. But it's it's implicit yes. in her tone. It is. And it her is body so... language. And then they go dancing. I love that. That night. Yeah. I, they're, they're really into it. I just love their dancing. I love the way he fakes the moving the beer and she grabs it and then she takes her own. I just. I was going to say, I love she's it. drinking more beer. Of course you love it. Of course. And then they're making out on the beach. She says, did you ever have the feeling you might meet someone? I love that. That's that's in my note. The premonition. Yes. I'm like, look at this. Giving us an opportunity to talk about fate versus real here. I put a big asterisk next to that. Oh my God. Yes. She said she had a premonition that she would meet someone when she was down here. Mm -hmm. And then he, of course, says, well, there's still time. Yeah. Which she does not pout about. Does she try to make up for? No. She goes, huh. Some woman must have really done a number on you. Mm -hmm. And he says, it doesn't, why does it always have to be a woman? And she recovers quickly and she's like oh it could have been Doug trust me I get it and he says oh give give Coglin a minute you'll love him all women do by the way from what we've seen in this actual movie that seems very untrue but then she says well I'm not like all women and I'm like yes I like her (laughs) exactly she's like don't don't homogenize me whatever it is I'm not whatever women is to you I'm not one of them I'm my own Yes, I'm complicated, she's essentially saying. Yes. And he says, I'm not like all men either, mm, which mm, I was like, okay, all right. Maybe. Okay. I like this. Right. I know, but I like this banter. <laughs> and then, yes, you were going to say about, is this one night stand time? Yeah. I love that she says that to him too. Like, yeah. oh yeah, so this is uh, this is the part. Direct. Yep, direct. This is the part where you think mm-hmm. we're just going to bang. He says, it doesn't make you a bad person. Oh, that's right. But- they don't. And then, yes. The montage. Into, oh, I just fall I for this. Riding horses. Oh. First of all, they're not just riding. I'm... She's challenging him to a race. <laughs> and then she like overtakes him. I'm like, that looks scary, actually. It does look scary. And by the way, whenever you do horseback riding in like Caribbean islands or whatever, it just, it just doesn't look like that. It's just horrible. Right. They There's do like not let Someone you... like leading you along at like, like through the water. Yeah. It's nothing like this at all. But I I want it to be. But And then you've yes. got in love, love, love. It starts out, I tell myself I won't know more, but here I go again. Yes. The way I fall so hard and fast, you think I'd never been yeah. in love, love, love. I'm glad you don't think it's cheesy because I didn't. I thought maybe I was going to get mocked I, for how much I love the montage and I, the Jamaica oh, scenes. <laughs> No, this is that song and this montage is my absolute favorite part. And I don't know if it's cheesy or not. I don't really care. I love well, it. Well, this really and then the it. waterfall are really like I put them together, even though there's not. There's something in between. But oh, I'm just saying, my God, I, I, wait, you don't like the waterfall? The what? Okay, we're gonna talk about the waterfall. <laughs> but but let's finish the swing here for the best. Yes, this montage. They're shopping. They're being casual. Mm-hmm. They're. They're playing in the water. Again, the physicality. I like that. What was up with that? She's like, they're like wrestling. This was her karate kid days body, coming he's back like body slamming. He's like body slamming. She's like sweep the leg. It's aggressive, uh-huh. but it's also playful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's an excuse to have your hands all over mm-hmm. each other. But if you think the whole thing is fun and games, they wrap up. 
this extraordinary 10 minutes of cinema <laughs> with a deep existential <gasps> conversation. Oh. They're on the beach. Oh, one of my favorite lines is he's sketching and he says, so this is your profession. She says, more like my obsession. Mm-hmm. Does it pay the bills? Not yet. Mm-hmm. She's patient and practical, but also confident and optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very rare combination certainly qualifies for our complicated women in that bit of dialogue alone. Mm -hmm. And then he grabs her sketchbook and he's holding her at arm's length, which I love, like literally at arm's length, hand on her forehead. And she's swatting at him. He goes, this doesn't look like me. It's the real you. I like I that. I love that line. I love that line. It's then kind of sleep- a little warped. She's working on it. Right. And then she sweeps his legs. That whole thing, it's like five scenes, but I love the whole thing. And she says at the end, she's he, when he's obviously feeling badly about himself, she says, your flugelbinder is out there waiting to be discovered. She's supportive and letting him go with his dreams. That The movie could end right there for all Yeah, <laughs> for we could have had care. more it's of like, that. But now... Yeah, so you're going yeah, to put this in cringy? Oh, my God. <laughs> so cringy. Why? So cringy. All right, well, go. Well, maybe you should go with your best. You... Well, I just, you, I, I, it's to me, it's just like they're final, they're finally, yes, coming together, if you will. Yeah. Um, first yes. of all, I am a total sucker for hooking up in waterfalls. I, I, not oh, that God. I've oh, made no. a thing of this. Yeah, I'm just yes, saying, right? In, yes. It happens a lot in movies, whatever. Yes. I, I, I oh. mean, of course, I'm just like, imagine that, I don't know, that, that maybe it's difficult with the water splashing and everything. Yes. But it is, but, but they, and she takes her suit off and she like chucks oh, it. You don't, oh, you hate so it. Bad. That's so bad. <laughs> Why? Why is that not her owning her sexuality and being like, yeah, like chucking her suit? Like, let's do this. I don't know. It what? could be. But it's, it's not, not the, it's not the, the, the act itself. It's just the whole, I don't know. First of all, it looks so cold but i i did just, you did I you read oh, no you don't read anything no, did you no. oh, god, oh god tom cruise well, I did read for this, but, said yeah. it was freezing his i mean i his feel like his lips were, were purple blue. yes <laughs> his lips were purple and he was like it was the least maybe this comes through then for you he said it was the yeah. least romantic thing on the planet yes. it was like how fast can we get this done Meaning, because yes, we're freezing I, and we need to get out. It must I don't come across feel to you their that. chemistry. Yeah, I don't feel well, the chemistry true. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she takes it off and she stands up. First of all, she—it's just—it just she does it awkwardly. Her the way she's doing it is awkward. Not the whole. It could be amazing someone doing it really well, but she does it very awkwardly, probably because she's freezing. And she stands up and says, "Ta-da!" Yeah, okay, that's are bad. you fucking kidding that's me? Bad. That was bad. I'll go. You're right. I'll give you that. And then <laughs> it really goes to the cringiest after that when she comes. They come back together when she's got no suit on, and. He's like kissing her. She's like putting her head back to go. You can tell they're like angling to get her head in the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And it just looks, it's so awkward. And she's got this awkward smile on her face. I'm like, this is so bad. I'm just like, they're finally having sex. Amen. Wait, first of all, there's not, they're not having sex. You can't have sex in water. No, no. Okay. But you were supposed to believe that was when the moment was happening. Right. Which is why also makes that cringy to me. terrible (laughs) terrible the whole that is but that is the only besides chanting for the poem that is the 
cringiest part of the movie for me. That's by the far. cringiest. Wow, I don't know. Right? Those moments, those the falling in love of Jordan and Brian were some of the most amazing scenes. And then there you have it ends with this terrible. Ugh. Yeah, it uh, wasn't that terrible for me. I, I'm a sucker oh, for a waterfall. Terrible. I'm telling you, making I, I need to like make this happen. I need to, like get. Yeah, to well, it. we. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe, we all we all have our own yeah, but, things. But if I actually think about it, I don't like to get my hair wet, so I probably <laughs> would fucking hate it. In reality, it's, I probably wouldn't like right. it. It's like a foodie love moment for you, episode five, when he. <laughs> When she grabs the food off of his plate and you're like, excuse me, what the fuck did you just do <laughs> in real life? Exactly. But in the moment when you're watching them do it, you're like, oh my God, that's so sexy. Or, huh? Right. Okay. Or even how they use food. Remember we talked about that? Like yes. During, oh God. No, that I was think just that's one of those. Yeah. But I think that's one of those things that it looks hot when they do it. But I think I'd be like, this right. is messy and gross. Yes. And maybe I don't wipe that off, you know? <laughs> I think that's what would really happen to me. But I don't know. Again, not sure. But it looks hot. Totally. So after scenes, we usually talk about damage. And we're going to do something a little different because the the women all seem to have daddy issues. It's very outdated. Not very interesting for us to talk about. We've moved off daddy issues and we're on mommy issues. By the way, also not one mother in this whole thing. Excuse me. No one has a mother. No one has a mother. No. Wow. So we're changing what's your damage, Heather, to what's your damage, Doug. (laughs) Doug. What the fuck? So we need to discuss the dysfunctional friendship between Doug and Brian, which is another gender reversal. It's usually catty women Mm -hmm. having toxic friendships. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's two guys. Yeah. Or if there was a boss protege kind of relationship like this one, it's probably a male boss, maybe with a female protege and issues like that. This is really, yeah, two men having a really, really fucked up relationship. It starts out as a protege kind of thing, yeah. but it really is a friendship. It really yes. is a, a bad, bad friendship. But like all bad friendships and toxic relationships, it starts off great. It does. Coglin sees something really special in Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian has a lot to learn from Coglin. They become friends. And then there's like little moments where you're like, eh, I'm going to ignore that. Like when Brian wants to stick to beer and Doug makes him take a shot. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, not that big exactly. Of a deal. They both get so stinking drunk that Doug falls down the stairs. Eh, all right, we've all had one bad night. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and these bad moments are totally hidden by the way they're coming together. Yeah. They have their choreographed dance to the hippie, hippie shake. It's so ridiculous, but I love it. Yes. They're bouncing the thing on the ground and then serving it to you. Disgusting, but okay. It's all good. No, and he says he's going to... Yeah, but yeah. before... You're right, but I was just going to say, yeah. at that point, up until before Coral, yeah, mm-hmm. there's those little slip-ups. They're like a team. He started off by saying, like, you know, you boy, have you got it? Like, stick with me, son, and I'll make you a star. Yes. And he does make him a star. But Brian also made him a star. They couldn't do it without each other. Right, right. right. They were a, a real team. But then, but then they're, they're playing basketball. Coral. Yeah, and they start talking what about Coral. What the fuck? This is so weird. <laughs> Brian basically... It's like friendly competition involving like free throws and Doug bets Brian that Coral will dump him by the end of the week. And, and Brian takes the bet plan again because he believes that like oh no what she and i have that are special together i mean that that's when he's got the great line that you can never trust a woman named after an inanimate object which 
I don't know. Turns out to be true in this case. But we don't know what Coughlin said. She comes to the bar just to throw something in Brian's face. Mm -hmm. We don't know what has happened. We don't know if they've actually had sex or they're just saying that to get Brian back. We don't know if Doug said to Coral he had sex with somebody else. We do know that Coughlin is a complete asshole. Yes, and manipulated the situation to win the bet. Yeah, I mean, he just had to get, to win the bet, he had to get Coral to dump Brian by the end of the week. So you're right, we don't know what he told her. Obviously he said something because she says, too bad you couldn't keep your mouth shut about our sex life. It only gets better. I love that too. It's like, go Coral. But yeah, so we don't know, but whatever it is, it's fucked up. Not only did he manipulate the situation to win the bet, he then gets her to come to the bar yeah, and manipulate rub it. Coral. it. Yes, and rub it in Flanagan's yes. face. It wasn't, well, I guess that's the only way he could, no, he didn't need to do that part. All he needed to do to win the bet is to get Coral to dump him. He added the cherry on top with the making out with her. In front of her. Yeah. And for what? For a $50 bet? No. That's ridiculous. I don't know if he was trying to teach Brian a lesson. He falls too hard for... He says, you'll thank me one day. So in his delusional mind, he does think he is helping him. I took her off your hands before she really did a number on you. I don't know why he thinks this about Coral, but... He seems to have serious trust issues around women. (laughs) He seems to think they're all very manipulative and horrible. But at the same time, he wants, he's dying for a woman to save him. There's so many women around New York City that have money and he's waiting for his angel. Like, he's fucked up in the head. (laughs) And, and that's then, not Brian's way. And you see throughout no. this that he is is fighting his true nature versus Abs- what Coglin has sort of taught him or pushed him to do. And it's always like shit. Like like when he tries says to Bonnie or whatever, like I, I'm not that good of a salesman, yeah. right? Like Yeah, I couldn't close the I couldn't the deal close the you. deal. So and that to bring us to Bonnie, they're at the bar in in Jamaica, where stalker Coglin has come on his honeymoon <laughs> so to weird. Jamaica when he knew that Brian, that was Brian's plan to be down there. He finds Brian. That's weird. Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. And it's been two then, years, by the way, right? Two yes, years. Two years. This is when he's, when Coglin knows that he's fallen for, the Flanagan's fallen for Jordan. And he's like, how's your little chippy? How come I always get the chippies and you get the princesses? Mm-hmm. And then they start going at each other first by shitting on the other's girl. Mm -hmm. What the hell? And also very much not who they've established Brian Flanagan to be. He is not that kind of guy that would shit on somebody's wife or girlfriend. No, Doug brings that out in him. And Brian, this is Brian's soft spot. This is his trigger point, right? And he takes it hook, line, and sinker and goes for his dare, which is to go get, get Bonnie. And he says, ugh. You know, you know, you'd have to do what it takes to get over on a woman like that. You'd have to get over on her managers, her lawyers, her trustees, mm-hmm. and her tennis coach. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it was a good line. But it's so fucked up in particular because he does it because he sees the affection that Jordan has for Brian. Like, that's yes, what makes it. And that it they pre- have yes. real chemistry Mm -hmm. and love and affection so his immediate reaction is i need to break this up which is what he did with coral because with coral so you Mm -hmm. see your friend is happy and in a genuine (laughs) relationship and you lay down a bed again this is this is his mo to destroy it to destroy it yeah correct and last time you intentionally interfered to destroy it 
Now you just let Brian do his own work. Exactly. By pushing him there. Brian immediately starts to act like not himself. He offers a disease. Thank you. Meanwhile, he's already said he likes a girl who just wants a beer. Right. And then he But also, Bonnie, straight shooter, she wants vodka with a squeeze of lime. Uh, I love these like... No, don't give me the frills. I know what I like. It doesn't have to be beer. Mine happens to be beer. Right. It doesn't have to be beer. Mm-hmm. I liked her vodka on the rocks with a squeeze yeah. of lime. No nonsense. Like, I'm complicated everywhere else. On my drink to be simple and straightforward. Does my forehead say fuck me on it? I mean, she's like, I'm Love. not buying your bullshit and your fruity Love beverage it. here, dude. I know what you want. Now, ultimately, she decides she does want to fuck him. That's yes. fine. But she's yes. like, don't you... Start think you're getting over me. on me and then he walks yeah. off with bonnie and poor jordan sees i know oh, i know i know of course he immediately realizes his mistake in the morning and goes over to see her and she's gone already yeah i don't know what kind of red eye they take out of jamaica <laughs> 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 whatever oh, forget about the logistics no, it doesn't no. matter she's gone is the point yes and then later when Carrie's dad has just backed me in the most luxurious bar in Manhattan, he says, I'll make you head bartender. I know. What? That's I, the best offer he's got for his yeah. only friend in the world? Who they I'll were going to start bartender? a business with, but they just needed the money. And now he's got yeah. the sugar mommy and his yeah. best offer is, well, you can work for me. Yeah. But you'll be the number. As yeah, the, head the head bartender. bartender. I mean, I'm not going to. It's like, gee, thanks. But he's like, don't worry, Bonnie's cutting me into her business. I know. Yeah, he's just, just being a dickhead right back. Right, exactly. Like, I've got my own sugar mommy. Yeah, exactly. I landed her, so. Ugh, I know. But, yeah. The whole thing is so incredibly toxic and but really then, does not get talked about. Go ahead. I guess it's what we've talked about, right, with toxic relationships. You, you're most of the time you're getting something out of them and right then and it's complicated right I mean it can be very dysfunctional at times and then other times in this instance it was like they they were the one person each other could turn to even though they had fucked around with each other for so long it's it's true it had the shades of complication but you needed someone, and I was going to talk about this in Crystal Ball, just a, one line, so I'll just put it here. Th- this, in the hands of someone who knows about friendship, would have been really interesting and may have even yeah. been the most important part of the movie, which I think it kind of should have been, is this relationship yes. between them. And instead, because it's so one-dimensional and poorly done, in someone else's hands... I think you're right. It has the the shades of everything of a good relationship story, like yeah. a friendship story. Mm-hmm. But it, it's too one dimensional for me to. No, it is. It to is give a, it any credit. Yeah, and then I guess Doug's death is really the impetus for Brian to change. And I guess that doesn't yeah. really have to do with their friendship more. That he realizes that you know he doesn't want to be too proud. Exactly. To, this tells yeah, he her how he feels. It he does. helps Brian push himself forward and go back yeah. for Jordan. They used it at a C level. Mm-hmm. But, yes. But it, it could have been, been an A. Mm-hmm. Something else that maybe is at a C level or an A level, I'm not really sure. The pregnancy. Right. Which is also something that really I think 
only we would talk about, meaning only women and the right. female gaze would, would look at this particular exactly. turn of events in the story, which is Jordan and unpack being it pregnant. Because, yeah. Yeah, because it's not discussed. It is kind of a throwaway at the end, but yet there's a lot there. There's a lot that's said and not said. Again, very underutilized. Yes. Um, but maybe that's right because maybe it shouldn't have been utilized. So that's what we're going to talk about. Does this work as a plot device or not? Because we were kind of thinking like, is it still used a lot? I mean, clearly it's a thing. You know, it has mm-hmm. been in movies and TV shows as a plot device to to drum up drama. The pregnancy is usually unwanted and, and right. often viewed negatively. It's usually not positive it's usually not like we're having a baby and i'm so excited it's usually to create like negative drama or like a love triangle so i think it is the way it's typically used like is not exactly true here right because it's not really negative it's not like you said a big deal there's no discussion like we talked about of well should she keep it should she have an abortion like none of that which is strange. Yeah. So I thought that was very odd because Roe v. Wade, which protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose uh, to have an abortion without government restriction, was in 1973. Mm -hmm. This is 1988. Mm -hmm. There's not one single word about it being an option. Not from her, not from Brian, not from her father, which I find Mr. Mooney the hardest to believe. This father is so nuts. Yeah. Saying a bartender is going to come into her life and ruin it, but he's not telling her to go have an abortion. Right. I have a... He, yeah, I mean, he's willing hard, to write a check for 10 grand to make him go away. I have a hard time believing he's not on the phone with his doctor golfing buddy. Like, hey, can you take care of this on Friday? Privately, because yeah. Mm-hmm. He, if he doesn't want the bartender in his life does he want the bartender's offspring in his life right that that's I, the easiest way to make sure that the bartender stays in her life or at least has a a claim to stay right. in her life yeah yeah i i found it very bizarre that it, i mean of course it should be jordan's choice and and but it's not even discussed brian doesn't ask she doesn't say i'm thinking about it this is 1988 it seems very odd i guess except for that we're like at the end of the reagan era and conservatism is is big and so well first of all from the movie you can tell from a plot device it can't be uttered the word abortion cannot be uttered because then there's no third act it's so much of like him him coming of age is taking the responsibility of this and you can see it's very odd from the get-go when brian tells his uncle pat that he says i'm going to be a father I thought that was a very straight... Yes. He doesn't say Jordan's pregnant. Yep. I got... He doesn't say I got myself into some trouble, which I'm thinking of dirty dancing. I mean, it's... it's I'm going to be a father. It just seemed very weird but you in have my to, mind. Yes. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, Disney did this. And that's what yes. I'm thinking, too, to your point about mm-hmm. uttering the words even and... Maybe like once and and Tom Cruise and and he had an image too to protect and I want I know but it could have been but it could have been like I'm thinking about having abortion oh my god you cannot 
you could never, you can't, right. you know, this is a life inside you. They could have done pro-life. True, really. true. Maybe Disney they, just doesn't touch topics of a certain, maybe, maybe. back then in particular, like. Uh, I don't know. It's I don't still know. unwed pregnancy. I know, you still but, have so it. <laughs> I, you're right. So that is one of the contexts is Disney making it. But also then I started to do some research of my own. I'm going to go on a quick sidebar and channel the rewatchables again. Did, and ask, did fatherhood have its apex mountain in the late 80s? Oh. Babies were huge in movies. There's the, there, starting with Mr. Mom in yeah. 1983. Yeah. Look who's talking. Yes. Not a, this is not a pregnancy device, but look who's talking. Three movies off of look who's talking. Right. If Which not is more crazy. than I Yeah. Yeah. 1989 was the first one. She's having a baby, 1989. Three men and a baby. I was going to say, when was three men and a baby? Okay. Which they also got three out of. That started in 1987. The M- Molly Ringwald movie for Keeps, 1988. Oh my God. Parenthood, uh-huh. 1989, that iconic movie. Raising Arizona, 1987. Oh my God. It just seemed like it was a really important time to be <laughs> having a baby. I don't know. To be. It was something in the air. So maybe that uh, you could see Disney exec for both of those reasons. For one, we don't touch abortion. But also, hey, having a family is hot right now. I don't know. Is that why she had to have twins? I mean, geez, you're right. A lot of these involve like multiple pregnancies. But we were talking about it, the, the specific situation of like, will they or won't they stay together because they're pregnant? Right. And I wasn't sure if it was outdated or underutilized. You know, there was that moment in Sally Rooney's Normal People. Was it in the show or just in the book? Do they have a conversation on the show where she thinks she's feeling sensitive, but then she does get her period? But I then think they that's talk just about the book because I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, they talk the about yeah. what they would do about it. Right. And he says like you would be a great mother or something which just seems craziness yeah. but whatever but that so yeah, yeah. i thought they might do, do that, that but then she kind of updated it i guess which is just the scare and then to talk about it yeah i don't know you know how i feel and i'm gonna go into this unless you want to say something else no i was just gonna say i think this is a little bit like the the toxic relationships in the sense that this is in there and could have been developed a lot more, but it's just where you kind of get like a C plus on this, you know? Yeah, except if you think about it like in normal people, it is, it kind of plays on this idea that there's something like romantic about thinking about, are you going to have a baby together? I mean, Sally Rooney put it in for a reason. In 2020, or I guess maybe she wrote it in 2017, call it. 16, yeah. yeah, sure. But I don't, you know, I feel this way. I have, I I, there's something very romantic to me. And now I know that's like super outdated and old mm. school, but, and it's not like I want to be like some 1950s housewife locked inside and not allowed to get my own <laughs> no. mortgage or anything. No, <laughs> no, but, but still, and even though I am, I mean, I was the breadwinner. I owned property before I got married, was a lawyer. Like there's nothing you know of that like, housewife ma- trope yes. in me yes but yet this. i have always thought this was such a romantic idea this is not romantic to me like i i, I know that i have the opposite view like i maybe i i don't know i don't see it as romantic like i just I, see it as in this instance like 
I would wonder, did he only come back to me because of the baby? I mean, I think that is an often a storyline or like mm-hmm. an underlying thought. Like I see that like, really? Like, did you need that to push you to come back? Or right. are you only with me because of that? I think I would always wonder that, first of all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. second of all, I just think that then having had babies, like, it's just not yeah. that romantic then. Like, all, no. all I see or think I of agree. is the, how your romance will be sucked out of you. It's so because true. Of, which is maybe a little bit of a dismal view of things, but I'm just No, like, it's true, though. No, you know? it's true. Babies but, are fucking hard. Right. And so, yeah. but I know that, I mean, am I allowed to say that about how men always want to have babies? <laughs> You can cut. You can cut, cut this could, out if you I want. Could. No, it, like, it does. That's, yes, there's some. My point is, there's something about you and <laughs> your romance. Well, because like you, it is romanticized for you somehow internally, and that must project out. I guess no, it's true. It's been more. I was gonna say my husband, but it is true. It was. <laughs> even before my husband it's like somehow guys know like the way to like if I'm halfway out the door the way to get me back in the door is to be like oh but we'd have such cute babies or like oh you know like I want to be a father like I it's like my it's my weeks it's your kryptonite and I'd be like don't no one would ever say that to me (laughs) they have never said that to me my husband probably doesn't even remember this. He'll listen to this and remember it. And he wrote back with like, you love me and want to have 10,000 of my babies or something. And I was like, oh my God, I do. I totally love you and want to have 10,000 of your babies. Like, that was it. I was done. Oh my God, I don't great. know what it is. Yeah. And I feel like Sally Rooney would understand because she put that moment in where they talked about it. Right. I know, I know. For some people, that was the only thing that gave me license to talk about this because otherwise I would have thought I was just a the weirdo who's like no thinks no. that this is romantic you're not a weirdo we've also elevated this little pregnancy aspect to a, a thousand times higher level than it actually was in cocktail which I really do believe Agreed. it was just a plot device so oh, that they I can totally make, agree but but I love that we we can have yeah. this conversation because, based on yeah that. exactly and then you mentioned it before but Uncle Pat giving the worst <laughs> advice of all time. What does he say? You said it's it? just like she doesn't want anything from you. She's not asking for anything. Just like move on. Like forget about it. Whatever. Like like there's nothing you have to do. It's like Jesus Christ, dude. Chris, let's look into our crystal ball. Hmm. I don't have a lot here. Don't get Me excited. Neither. Me neither. But I did want to say I did look something up, and the writer, Hay Haywood Gold mm-hmm. Gould, yeah, mm-hmm. he sees something very specific. <gasps> He does. They have twin girls, he tells a reporter, <gasps> and they end up divorced, and he's writing the sequel. And it is Brian Flanagan, 20 years later, trying to redeem himself and try to win his way back into his family's life. Oh, my God. I did not read that, and I have written, Oh my! they God. definitely got divorced, <laughs> and, and their relationship is strained, even with his kids. Right. And... I'm not even sure if Cocktails and Dreams makes it. That's all oh, I have yeah. written. That's it. That's yes. all I got. I mean, no, it doesn't. It oh, does not. I know. It's not that, cl- you know, clever of me. I mean. No, no, no. But the movie doesn't spur. I didn't have anything. Like I, oh. it's not, it doesn't kind of invite thinking about some amazing next step. 
At well, least it didn't for me. It, all I was going to ask you, and that's why I got to my crystal ball, was just like, do you think they make it, right? Flanagan yeah. and, and Jordan. And do yeah. you think the bar makes it? I mean, that that's the only thing I thought of when we thought when I thought about crystal ball. And my immediate answer he, was, no, those two don't make it. I think he sells the bar franchise at the right time, makes oh, lots of money. That's great. Then converts it into something tech, some tech business. This okay. is, I could see some success story there. I could definitely see them staying together or I could see them getting divorced. It really depends on how you work on things, how you communicate, how you, I and just, I haven't seen enough of their relationship to Well, because to that's know, the thing. We don't actually know enough of their relationship. But I mean, the right. bar business is tough. It's like late nights, weekends. She's going to have yes. twins. Yes. It's just ripe yeah. it's for not, It's strife. definitely, it, it would be a tough road ahead for, yeah. for at least the short time. But frankly, I didn't do a crystal ball that directly because I didn't care. I yeah. wanted, what I wanted, I wanted to see Jordan's coming of age. Mm. I want a movie that ends with her falling in love with Tom Cruise after she says, I have a premonition that I'm going to meet someone because she's fallen in love with the wrong guy she's gotten dumped she's gotten hurt but she's resilient as we know she's optimistic and then she has this premonition she's going to meet someone and it's Tom Cruise and that's the happy ending but I think it's I think I could see something Ladybird coming of age-esque and that's what I want to see oh I like that well that's a whole nother movie then that brings me to my real crystal ball which is what I really truly wanted to see is this story remade with a woman as Brian Flanagan, the oh. one who drives the story. She graduates college. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She falls into something by accident, or maybe she's a lawyer like her mother was. So, so there we're going to add mommy issues. She meets some sort of toxic mentor. As soon as she's decent at something, she wants to be the highest level in three years. I mean, I could see there's a lot of good building blocks in this story that I love and that could, in the hands of, I was thinking, Liz Feldman. Oh. She would handle the friendship the right way. Or I was oh, thinking she definitely would. Yeah. Or Stephanie Danler, who would elevate the oh, service industry. The service aspect. industry. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I think cocktail as it is is the raw material for the right woman who would make a movie that we would all love. As much as we love cocktail. Oh, I like that. But since we're dealing with this cocktail, who wins the movie, Kate? Well, I'll tell yeah. you. Yeah, I, yeah. Tell I didn't me. even play. I didn't even play it cute on this one. So I'll go first. I just went Jordan. She's just. She's it. Yeah. She was the character that I cared most about. Who I thought about before she came on the screen. Like, I mean, who was she before? Who mm-hmm. is she after? That she's the character for me. Tom Cruise is fantastic in this movie. He has so many great scenes. He really pulls off a pretty one-dimensional character really well. He's great, but Jordan, to me, Jordan wins the movie. I love it. I love it. So I'm not very original here, but I got to go with the soundtrack. I I just... It's I think so it good. holds up so well watching it, it this time. I'm singing along to everything. I mean, it's got yeah. Don't Worry, Be Happy, which is irritatingly good. Yes. Um, the Hippie Cookie. Hippie Shake we talked mm-hmm. about. Kokomo, hello. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Aruba. 
Jamaica. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, that's another one that's irritatingly catchy to me. Right. And that that's the Beach Boys in that the they were given like specific instructions to write a song for the part when Brian goes from a bartender in New York to Jamaica. And hmm. just off of that, it came up with the line, Aruba jamaica like yeah. all right yeah i want to take you sure. yeah i want to take you oh i love you so we already talked about that oh, love that how that one. made the montage for yes. us and then you've got what's not even the on way the way i fall so hard and fast you'd think i'd never been that is like my theme song the yeah. way i fall so hard and fast and love you'd think i'd never been here before meanwhile and, like, and every time you I go hard and fast. Exactly. I can't help it. I can't. So yes. good. And then what's not on the soundtrack? I mean, we talked about Addicted to Love. That's mm-hmm. not on there, but great scene. And then the yes. end, the Everly Brothers, when will oh, I love be that. loved? That's not on about... the soundtrack. But oh, so I really the music that ending scene is another really great scene. Yes. And she's like, he's like, don't get too fat. She's like, I'm going to be so fat and you're going to love it. I do. I love that part. Love Jordan. Yes. Yes. And that song is great. It is. So it's it's the music for me. And it doesn't yes. feel dated. It feels like something no. I would listen to right now. I mean, and no. I'm singing along. So a hundred percent. Oh, and then in bed with Coral, the all all shook up yes. version. I, it's the music is actually very important and it's very good. But I will say that's like the first half is all great. Everything you've named is from the first like fifty minutes. Except when will I be loved? Yeah, but that's well, not then on the it's soundtrack. The very yeah. End. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But but then that there's that last the whole terrible last like whatever it is, thirty minutes of the movie, it's all really dark instrumental crap. Yeah, not even good instrumental music. Yeah, it's like crap. the score. It's, there was some big issue with the score oh, of the movie. It was written terrible. and they hated it. And then they went I and got someone them. to replace it. But it, the guy had to do it in a weekend. He literally oh. had from it was like a Friday, and they're like, "Yeah, but we need it by Monday." So mm, that's probably why it's not so good. Yeah, I yeah. don't like it. But then it finally comes back around with the last song. Yes, I agree. But but that like that third act. Oof. Yeah. Terrible yeah. music. Not, I mean, they couldn't even just use a sad song. Like, you can set the dark, moody tone with dark music. I mean, the sad song. They could have done that. But they just went with this crap. Yeah. Ugh. Not so good. Okay. All right. Takeaways. Takeaways. Yeah. What do you got? I have a takeaway that just came to me I was like oh my god this is what I take away from this movie I love bars oh I love love bars and and related to and related to that since we're still in pandemic I miss bars yeah like like I know you can go to outside and have a drink you know what I mean though it's not the same the whole atmosphere yes so there is just such a romance to a bar for me and also Mm. I realized such nostalgia yeah so I'll start with the nostalgia like okay first of all I come from a mother who literally declares and has my whole life how much she loves seedy bars like seedier Ah! the better okay (laughs) so she's said that to me her whole my whole life growing up and then I spent a lot of time in bars as a kid like as in like 10 11 years old whatever I can't even my whole life because my dad oh my was a football gosh. coach, as you know, and uh-huh. all the coaches would go out after every game. And so, and I don't know if the other coaches' kids were there because I don't really remember any other kids there, but we were like always in bars. 
and they were oh ordering God. pitchers of beers and we were mm-hmm. ordering pitchers of Cokes. We were scamming mm-hmm. quarters. My brother and I had to go play video games, like the big Pac-Man, whatever. Yes. And like, no one was watching us. I don't know what the fuck we were doing. We were just like well, what hanging out in bars. I know. Yes, we whatever. That's great. It seems like a great place to bring your kids. Right? So like... That to me is like such a part of my childhood. And these were like not like nice bars. It was like, you know, like your dark wood bar, whatever, where near whatever town the game was in, whatever. Then college. I I mean, you know, I love that. We were were at the same bars. Yes, Um, we were. But those memories. Yes, those memories are like so palpable. Like the smell. The uh-huh. energy, like the crowds, mm-hmm. like I love pushing. What were some my of your favorites? Oh, geez, God, you're gonna quiz me on. I uh, am Marianne's. Marianne's was so yeah. dirty and smelly, so that's so. smell Notice and bright, oddly smell. bright. Yeah, for, so that's uh, no good. Why am I thinking of like Great Scots? Yes, and like Great the Kells. What else can I think um, of? What about that? There was one oh, I loved. Who's so- on first? Oh, God. That was okay. freshman year. Like the crowds and the smell and like pushing your way through. Like I mm-hmm. like all of that. Yes. And even now as an adult, like there's still a romance for me of sitting at a bar, like waiting for someone, like watching the people around me. Like I love yeah. imagining like different stories of the people yes. and like yes. what's their deal. And like yes. if I travel alone for work, I love to eat dinner at the bar I don't like yeah. if I sit alone at a table, I feel like a loser. But if I sit yeah, at, the at the bar and eat, doesn't bother me at all. Like oh. maybe I talk to the bartender or the person next to me because I'm a chatterbox. Mm. Like, right. but even if you don't, <laughs> like you can sit there in silence and it's okay yeah. too. Like I just love it. And well, you, you've you painted a very romantic picture. I have, I, get it. I, get I have, it. but it made me it. also think, and this is where I might get a little weird, like <laughs> also like it was just something so attractive to me about a man who takes charge in a bar, like mm. who knows how to order, who knows how to get the bartender's attention, like oh. has confidence, like I, it's a thing for me. And like conversely, oh. if a man is awkward about it or like unsure, I'm just like, what the fuck? Just order the, like... I don't oh. like that. Oh my God, am I am I <laughs> agreeing with one of Coughlin's comments to Brian? Like a man will always be judged on the amount of alcohol uh, he alcohol. can consume and women uh, will be impressed with it, whether, whether they, they like they it want- or not. Yeah, like it or not. I'm like, oh Jesus, yes. do I agree with Coughlin? Because that sounds so terrible. But I don't know. Like, so watching this, I just started That's thinking so about that. Interesting. I know. I can, it's so interesting. And I can totally see it. I can pick, I can actually <laughs> go back in my own like catalog and I can see guys who are good at that. And I can also see guys who aren't. It doesn't do anything for me either way but right. I see that there's a like that's a thing that is, is a thing, thing right probably based on like my own comfort at a bar or growing up going to them like so to me yeah. like if you don't get that I'm so yeah. like do I don't like that right so, so we're gonna write a character who <gasps> has a guy <laughs> has a guy <laughs> who knows how to handle things at the bar and then takes her home and is like I want to have 10,000 babies with you <laughs> We'll put together our two turn-ons. Our our two bizarre, romantic, totally, I mean, a drunk and a a guy who just wants to spread his seed. These are not good guys. That's perfect. Oh, my God. But yet they are our Achilles heel. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, my God. I I love it. Because notice in my romantic version, these people don't have any alcohol addiction or drunkenness issues. Right. Of course. Of course not. 
No. Right, because because <laughs> you guys are just bored knowing how to walk into a bar and order things. Yes, and then they know only to have one or two, yes. and it's all oh. good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my stomach truly hurts. Oh, my truly God. Hurts. So oh anyway, Cocktail God. did that for me. It brought okay. that out. Yeah. So thank you oh, very much, that. Cocktail. I love that. Okay, well, which brings us perfectly to my takeaway, which is really kind of a question. Is Cocktail, is this a good movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you, but, but let me give a little context. Yeah. So before the rewatchables tackled it, the editor-in-chief of Esquire back in 2019 wrote a piece where he posed kind of the essential quandary. In the 30 years since its theatrical release, Cocktail has not earned a reappraisal from critics. No one is saying, well, actually, it was ahead of its time. Well, actually, we did, but whatever. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say, but also, it hasn't faded away. Over the years, the movie has maintained a loyal audience, including in Hollywood, some of which you might even call admirers of the film. The producer of one of this year's buzziest award-nominated films told me, Members of his social circle spent a weekend, the weekend that Cocktail hit Netflix last spring, watching the movie and exchanging messages about it. Matthew Reese, is that Matthew Reese, the star mm-hmm. of The Americans, yeah. also, also told me, this is the, the editor, possibly half-joking, but possibly not, that Cocktail is an all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. So the movie was panned, but a lot of the criticism in this article and also just out there in the, you know, Roger Ebert in the late 80s was that it was kind of an empty story. Mm-hmm. But it's because they were these old white guy types reviewing the movie and not seeing the aspirational dimension of the women in the movie. Look at the scenes that we picked. A lot of them were wrapped up in scenes where the women shine. So maybe the Tom Cruise character, the one who these critics were supposed to relate to isn't the most complicated Tom Cruise character certainly not Mm -mm. the color of money was 1986 and especially if they're giving the context of where it is Color of money 1986 rain man 88 born on the fourth of July 89 Mm -hmm. a few good men 92 the firm 93 okay so when you're looking at it from their point of view not the most complicated of characters and clearly that's what they want they want their men to be complicated but he's also the most sensitive of all of those characters and his main obstacles in the movie cocktail are friendship and love it's very kind of feminine journey there's Ah. no war there's no justice there's no mafia Uh uh-huh but the reason that we love it and the reason i will say it's a good movie is because the women the women he falls for are all complicated. They break molds, as we've just discussed. So I have to say, it's a great movie. If you're a complicated woman or you love complicated women, like apparently Matthew Reese does, who's married to one of our favorites. <gasps> Carrie uh, Russell. Carrie Russell and yes. Aries as well. Mm-hmm. And then this award-winning buzzy producer, the guys of the rewatchables, if you love the movie, maybe there's part of it that you can impute yourself as a complicated person into Tom Cruise's shoes because he's around all these complicated women and you get it. I think it's a great movie. That is a fantastic, fantastic argument in favor of why this is a great movie. I am not kidding, Grin. I <laughs> am, I mean, I'm always impressed, but that yeah. is so true. Like, I love this idea, which I did not think of, that perhaps 
the reason they don't like it is because it does play into some feminist themes and explores what people traditionally consider to be more feminine things like friendship, like relationships. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I mean, compared to some of the other movies he was getting acclaim for at the time, and rightfully so, I'm not saying, um, but like Rain Man, clearly a very different kind of story. Um, yes. Born on the 4th of July, you're right. More the war aspect, military. Um, yeah. Color of money, you're right. Paul Newman and playing mm-hmm. pool. And, yeah, and yes. All the Right Moves was like right before that. And he that was a football movie of his. Yeah. yeah, and so they expect and or wanted at the time to see those kind of things represented right. because right. that's their point of view. Um, yes. And so exactly. this seemed so- light and like frivolous to them because compared right yes compared and because and of by the way it things. kind of is it is when you look at yeah. just the tom cruise character and you don't if, look if at the you're rest. looking yeah and you don't see the rest now there that's what i'm saying there's so much raw material here it's I like think. boomerang it's like like mm-hmm. we said about boomerang too i mean that was marcus's story but if you really looked at like we as we did the, the, yeah. the, the female points of view the whole point of why it was panned by the critics in the 80s is there i there were no women looking at it and analyzing it in this way also it's just really fucking entertaining i mean it is it it really is like it's a great yeah. movie in my view it just ages well it you know to the point of the rewatchables it's a movie you can watch over and yeah. over it's it's a gem it is yeah. a gem the companion piece cocktail We want to let you know we've launched a Patreon page where supporters can receive perks like bonus episodes and exclusive content. Because Pop Fiction Women is our passion project, a place where we give women space to show up and offer in-depth analysis in the ways we're used to hearing about male creators and their characters. We delve into creativity and psychology with a dash of astrology. And we have so much fun doing it. Just two friends breaking down books, movies, and shows like... Normal People, Fleabag, and I May Destroy You. Every single aspect of this podcast we do ourselves, from the preparation to the recording, from the editing to the social media promotion. So we're adding a Patreon platform because we want to keep making the show you love and hopefully expand it even further. So please consider becoming one of our most complicated fans and contributing on Patreon. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash pop fiction women this has been pop fiction women with corinne and kate if you enjoyed this show please tell the complicated women in your life and the men who love them yes tell them to listen and then to follow on spotify or review and subscribe on apple podcasts and of course share on social media tag us with your favorite books TV shows and movies starring complicated women on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Fiction Women or on Twitter at Pop underscore women. For more coverage of the women you love or to find out if you qualify as a complicated woman, go to popfictionwomen.com. And keep it complicated.